What's going on, guys? Welcome to Serendipity Season 2, Episode 12. Having a great time. Want to talk to him about what we're going to discuss today. Oh, yes, sir. Join us for a passionate conversation about grief, college recruiting, and the poison of privilege. Yes, Lord. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Serendipity with Inky Johnson across all podcast platforms, including YouTube. Be sure to comment, follow, share, and subscribe. We greatly appreciate your support. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Let's get it. Peace. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Serendipity Podcast, man. Doing great, doing great. We greatly appreciate it. I'm Ink. I'm Oak. And, man, we greatly appreciate your support as usual. How you doing, Oak? Man, we going to be real today. Yeah. You know, um, I just wanted to hit us hit us real quick, man. And um, over the past probably 24, 48 hours, mm-hmm. um, my heart is, is heavy, man. Um, got news last night. One of my former players, he was on, um, he was the captain, the leader, Mm-hmm. of our first championship team over at Crawford Long. He got murdered, man. Yeah. You know, just just murdered. And like I was, you know, we were talking earlier, he's he's the fifth the fifth one. Yeah. You know, since I've been doing this thing called education and and trying to teach and reach and impact young people, the fifth one to be murdered. Mm. And that's that's crazy to me. Um so shout out praying for the family of Nye. Uh, Nakeem, Poppy Smith. Yes, uh, sir. To his grandmother. I know she, you know, did and gave everything she did. Everything she had, sacrificed and whatnot. You know, typical. Most black grandmothers, most grandmothers, period. Mm-hmm. Who were placed in that position to be a parent for the second time. No doubt. Um, but it also got me to thinking about, like, with myself. You know, mm-hmm. last night, man, I was uh, talking to Coach Simp. And he broke the news to me. Hmm. And it, it, you know, it, it rocked my knees a little bit, you know, well, shook me a little bit. Well, and so we just continued talking and we changed the subject. And what happened, I got, I was just, I got angry. Hmm. You know, with what we were talking about, the subject we were talking about. Yeah. And so by the time, you know, we finished the conversation, like I was, I was like talking high pitch and you know top of my voice kind of yelling not yelling at him but right. being very passionate cursing yeah and um you know fine you know i was like and then it hit me i was like man i'm sorry my bad you know for for the the language and the and the uh the energy i was coming with but it what it what it let me know was that's how i process uh hurt that's mm-hmm. how i process grief yeah is through Anger, hmm. right? I'm definitely not there in terms of being able to get in front of it. Hmm. But at least what, what last night showed me was, um, and we all do it. You know, we all process in different ways and whatever. Absolutely. But mine comes out in anger. If I, if when I find myself angry, it's really the residue of me grieving. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. And so I have to... Um, I have to to be very mindful of of the ways to calm that down when yeah. I get there, because you know it, it it has cost me and it can cost me. Hmm. You know, anger is it's a, it's an emotion, and that we definitely should have and and process if that's what you have. But 
also understanding that you can't let it overtake you to the point where you make hazardous decisions. Absolutely, man. Shh. That's, um, and as you said, condolences and prayers to the family. But just processing grieving, man, is something that shows up in different ways. Um, I found myself just, you know, being transparent and vulnerable, processing it the same way. You know, like, man, when I lost my grandma, like, I don't know why. Like, you know, I was just, bro, I was just mad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just mad. Like, and I didn't even know why. Like, my grandma, beautiful spirit, beautiful soul, um, did some great work down on earth. But when I lost my grandma, bro, I was just, I was just mad. You know what I'm saying? For a long time. Yeah. Probably the yeah. longest time that I've held on to um, that emotion. And I just didn't know why. And then all of a sudden, one day, I did something. And uh, I got an award or something. I got honored or something. And when I got by myself, I was like, man, Grandma, like, man, I wish I can call you right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it just released it. Because anytime something big would happen in my life, like first person I would call is my grandma. You know, partly because <laughs> it would be funny. You know what I'm saying? Like anytime I tell her something, it'd just be funny. She'll just crack a joke about it, or or she just wouldn't even care about it like yeah, that. Yeah. And that that's what would make it funny. You know what I'm saying? And it released it, man. And so I'm with you on that, but I'm definitely not there yet either in terms of just the process from an emotional standpoint of how to handle. Uh, such moments and I think you know that's the interesting part about life and one's growth and development in one area you could be at a certain point now you're never just there there but right. in one area and aspect of your life you can be there and you can you could be growing but in another area and aspect of your life you're just not there just, yet just, and you that to me that, that that stagnation if you will um, for me it was my father my yeah. father's you know we talked about it earlier his his transition, um, it didn't it didn't leave me angry. It left me empty. Yeah, yeah. And because I I was just becoming an adult, I was just becoming a man, and I'd done everything uh, possible, like to be for my dad to be proud of me. But I wanted to see him proud. No doubt. And I felt like that was robbed from me. So it's, I didn't process that, or it didn't it didn't manifest as anger. It manifested as uh, sorrow, you know, and so in a lot of places I kind of felt empty. I felt, you know, just, it just wasn't that. And I would continue to do, you know, live my life, be father, be husband. I was being teacher, being coach and all mm -hmm. of that. And it was cool, but there was always one aspect. You know, I would find myself just driving on 20, man, and, and have my cell phone and dial the number. Mm. You know, the, the logic in me knowing it's not going to pick up. No doubt. You know, and then um, it just not until recently, as I said, not until recently until I really was able to get past it. Mm -hmm. And I think what you told me at the beginning of this year, 2021, what you were working on in terms of gratitude. No doubt. When I started to pick up gratitude, I was like, man, I had my dad for 24 years. Yeah. And like A1 24 years, not in and out, not, you know, sometimes there, sometimes not, but the catalyst, the cornerstone of who I understand myself to be and 
who I tried to shape, who I tried to shape myself after, mm-hmm. um, he was there. No doubt. You know, and, and once no I began doubt. to shift the perspective, mm. then that's when the healing came. Yeah, because this is this is what I I was thinking about this this morning. Um, I was like I I allow myself I give myself permission to grieve. Mm-hmm. I give myself permission to process, to hurt, to cry. Yeah. Then to understand. Then to heal. And then from once that happens, then you can move forward. Mm-hmm. Right. But if we skip the steps, then something happens that that. Shows us that we skipped one of those steps. We might have skipped the step of hurting. We might have skipped the step of healing. And then when something triggers us, anger hits. Yep. And when that anger hits, then we begin to make hazardous decisions. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, I, you know, what I would say, man, is just give yourself permission to to grieve. Give yourself permission to to go through the whole process Mm. and to heal. And then once that happens... um, then you have the opportunity to move forward. Yeah. Yep. Because, um, you know, life, I feel like life always exposes a person, right? Mm-hmm. And when you say give permission, like if you skip a step, life going to hit you with something that's going to expose that you skipped that step. Yep. Right? Now it's up to you how you process it and how you deal with it, but life is always going to present a situation and circumstance that's going to expose you if you skip certain steps in the journey, whether it be of healing of growth, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. And so um, I was speaking the other day, Oak, and, you know, I'm speaking, I'm in my I'm in my thing, man. I'm presenting, things going well. We laughing in the audience. You know, we hitting punchlines, and I hear something drop, right? I hear something drop loud in front of me on the stage. So I'm trying to just stay locked in, stay focused. And then I would say probably a few seconds later, I hear the crowd like, oh, you know, like a crowd say, oh, like if something happens. Yeah. And I look down, and it's a gentleman, my man, like, he passing out, right? And you can see people trying to catch him, you know, and it's, it's a pretty serious situation. So cats start running up, you know, people call the ambulance, you know, call the cops, do this, do that, right? And, you know, I start praying, people in the crowd, you know, praying, doing what they're doing. And then my man finally gets stabilized. He able to get up and they help him out of the room. And when I went back to talking, I was like, man, like, like just that simple moment showed us how fragile life is. Yes. Right? And I feel like as people, like I told my boys this, I said, man, I feel like sometimes we don't celebrate and appreciate each other enough. Right? right. Now, when something happens, of course, that's going to reveal it. And make us think about things differently. But I said, man, tell somebody you proud of them, bro. Over this past year and a half. Just go to somebody and tell them you proud. I was talking to somebody, man. I was like, how has it been like this past year and a half? It's been good. It's been cool. Right? And I could tell they was holding it. Mm -hmm. Right? I could just see it. Like, face shaking. It's been cool, man. We've been been surviving. I'm like, okay, cool. Then they just broke. Like, bro, no, this past... Year and a half coming up on two been tough. Right. I was like, release right. that, man. It's all good. Yeah. Everybody has had to adjust, you know, navigate, pivot, release it, bro. I was like, I'm proud of you, man. You know what I'm saying? Just for surviving. Like everybody didn't navigate this past coming up on two years when the pandemic hit in the same way. 
Like, I'm proud of you. Like, it's a space and place to say, be resilient. Stay committed. Yeah. Stay dedicated. You're going to get through that. Mm -hmm. But then there's a space, place, and time to say, you know what, bro? I'm proud of you, man. Hold your head. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We're going to get be through it. Being able to just understand the moment, be in the moment. Because mm -hmm. some moments just only require that you say, I'm proud of you. No doubt. I see you. No doubt. I'm glad that you're here. You know, it's not all about celebration. Sometimes it's just about mere validation. Yeah, man. You know, Absolutely. the fact that you're here, I'm proud of that. Yeah. I'm happy that. I'm happy. I'm happy. Not I'm happy for you. Right. I'm happy. No question. Because you're here. Right? No question. That, that, I think that uplifts a person, but it also uplifts you. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, I use the analogy all the time as, uh, you know, Steph Curry just broke the three-point uh, record for most three-pointers in the NBA, right? But as a shooter, any shooter knows the best way to get open is to set a pick. Mm. Yeah. You know, you set the pick for somebody else to get open. Yeah. That allows you to get open. Yep. The best way to heal your heart is to go about the business of trying to heal someone else's heart. Mm. That's good. The best way to, to get to a place of joy is try to bring someone else joy. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. So, you know, it's that's the same thing. Like when you tell a person you're proud of them, or when you give a person a compliment, yeah. right? What you what you're really doing is giving yourself permission to compliment yourself. Yeah. Right? That's self-nurturing. Hmm. You know? It don't cost a thing. It don't cost a thing, man. It don't yeah. cost a thing. So my bad, boss. I mean, oh, you know, bro, I you all good, man. Start this I love with, it, man. man. So you know how love we it. get down. We gotta keep it a buck, so we keeping it a buck. But I I uh I got a question for you. Of course, this going to come out a little bit after that, but um, recruiting, man. Oh. Like we've seen we've seen signing day happen, Yeah, right? Yeah. History was made. Yeah. Uh, Deion Sanders down at Jackson State. Mr. Travis Hunter. Yeah, Travis Hunter, Collins Hill. Deion Sanders, uh, you know, flipped him from Florida State. A lot of, lot of big programs, man, and he got him to come to Jackson State. It's you know it's, it's so multi layered yeah you know from an athletic standpoint just purely on an athletic standpoint it 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 probably it's going going to kind of start shifting the landscape mm -hmm. because um, because of the nil yep you know now uh, players are uh, college athletes are, have the opportunity to earn some uh, some income. On their on their efforts, yeah, uh, on the field, on the court, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so, what the way I look at it is, it opens the door for you know. I look as as we were talking earlier. I was telling a couple of my partners this morning. You have the old school boosters at the big colleges, right? Who, um, you know, could make sure that university, state university, such and such, such and such, is is well financed and. You know, they got all the amenities, feeding mm -hmm. the, the student athletes and making sure everything is good. Now, like with what Coach Prime um, is implementing, now the, those historically black colleges and, and other uh, smaller schools, if you will, have the opportunity to reach out to a Jay-Z. Yeah. Reach out to a Oprah. Yeah. Reach out to a Denzel, you know. Yeah. And, and there have been schools like, 
um, Spelman, Morehouse, who to a certain degree, not in the athletic realm, right, right, but but in the academic realm, you know, with Bill Cosby, Camille, and and whatnot, who have always supported Morehouse and and Spike, you know, being an yeah. alumni. Now, it's is when because when you start talking about sports, you don't, you know, people love sports teams, mm-hmm. and they didn't go to college or they didn't go to that college. They just, they just have a, a, you know, identification to it. Yeah. So. Is going to just level, begin to level the playing field. Now it becomes strategic. Yeah. At least you got the opportunity now to compete, yeah. to begin to compete. You know, and as we said, it is about um, facilities. Yeah. Right. That's the only place where big state U has the advantage now. But then on another level, this is for me. Mm-hmm. What I think about is because there have been some backlash. Yeah. That's where that's where that's I was trying to backlash, go with it. That's right? where I was trying to go with it. And I think some of that backlash is, um, you know, those those big time programs or people who believe in the big time programs feel like, oh, you taking away from yeah. from our traditional powerhouses. Yeah. Well, first off, it's not traditional <laughs> powerhouses because before 1970, 1969, 70, 71, whenever yeah. You know, Sam Cunningham came mm. to Tuscaloosa mm-hmm. and really helped shift the, the 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 landscape and and the SEC really bought into recruiting black athletes. Yeah. Grambling, Southern, yeah, Jackson State, Jackson Mississippi State, Valley, yeah. Fort Valley, Fort Tuskegee. Valley. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Clark Atlanta, Morehouse, Albany North Carolina. State. Right, we can go down the list. Savannah State, we got Savannah State. So many athletes, so many uh, football players, especially, but in basketball players who came from those places, uh, came from those schools, um, that shifted the landscape. So, oh, they, the mm. the big college was like, oh, we can get those. Yeah, we got permission now to go and recruit the black athlete. Right. So now you know the tables are kind of turning back around to where the HBCUs. Are, are, are being like, okay, we got the resources now mm-hmm. to compete. Yeah. Right? It's not a it's not a, a uneven playing field. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, okay, uh, Coach Hugh Jackson at, at Grambling or Dion or, or Eddie, Eddie George, George or whatever, yeah. whomever, can go into a home and speak and, and have just as large of a platform as a Nick Saban or – Kirby Smart or, or you know whomever, but do the home do the home situation matter with the kid that they're recruiting, whether it be Power Five or HBCU? Does the home situation matter and circumstance matter? And so what I'm asking is to elaborate a little further. If you got a kid coming up in the household, being raised by a single mother, she working two three jobs. He got a little brother sister, right? And that's all they got. Right. But he got extreme level of talent, high mm-hmm. level of talent. Mm-hmm. Right. And some cats come and say, hey man, go to that HBCU and do your thing. Yeah. Other cats say, hey man, go to this power five, three years, you got the opportunity to possibly go to the league, then you can make you some bread, then you can give it back to an HBCU if you choose. Does that matter? With the NIL, with the NIL uh, name. I, image likeness. Image, image and likeness. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I say that level the playing field, mm-hmm. you know, from what I hear, a couple of these cats, even like with the, the quarterback over Alabama, I think even with with Travis, you know, there there's some things on the table, some opportunities on the table before they even step on the field. Right. 
Yeah. That's guaranteed because you're not guaranteed. I go to West Virginia. I go to Ohio, Oklahoma State mm-hmm. or, or whom, whomever. Right. I'm not guaranteed to go. I'm not guaranteed to make it to the league. No question. So now with the with the uh, name, image, and likeness in play, I'm getting is I'm as I'm getting my my money up front. Mm-hmm. So we can let's push that to the side. Now, what are you offering me? Right. Right. So you talking about a kid who inner city kid or whomever, right? African American kid, and I bring you to uh, a black campus. Yeah. That's that's a whole nother ball game. Yeah, I know it's, it's a different lot of experience. No question. Be, right, it's just different. I just I'm gonna leave yeah. it right there. Yeah, yeah. So you but uh, <laughs> the biggest part about that is you get the choice now. Yeah. You can you can choose left or you can choose right, you can mm. choose here, you can choose there, because what you're going to get is outside of both of those universities. Yeah. In terms of from a financial standpoint. Right. Or possibly what you can you can earn. Right. right. So it's removing that aspect from the uh, from the equation. Mm-hmm. So now it's you can't. But is it different though? Oh, is the resources, different? the resources, the opportunity that you'll get from a Power Five or an HBCU in terms of the connection and the perspective from a from a kid coming from those set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. And the reason I speak to those set is because. That's where me and you at. That's right. the heart of where we at. That's right. where we come from, right? And you hear a cat say, like most of the cats that's telling these kids, go here, go there, go do this, go do that. From a professional standpoint, you rich already, mm-hmm. right? And if they don't make it, they ain't going to see you. Right. Right? If they don't do something, they ain't going to see you. You ain't going to come in the trenches. The the tentacles are the other... The undercurrent of going to, a, let's say, a HBCU and you being a, 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 a African American athlete, right? The undercurrent of that is, regardless of how much someone says is family, mm-hmm. um, somewhere else, right? It has a higher potential to be family at an HBCU, right? So if all else fails, mm-hmm. we still got you. Now with the resources, because still, if let's say a, a kid goes to state U, right, and gets hurt, right, you know I'm semi side one, he's yep. going to be taken care of, right, right, because the resources are there. Mm-hmm. Um, now that the resources are beginning to become even mm-hmm. or equal, yeah, then now it boils down to the affinity, the the connection that you have to this particular this particular university, but more more importantly, these particular people that's at the university. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So I this is for real, man. If we're going to be real about it, I, whatever. I hope this began to, to dispel the notion that, as the old folks say, you know, that white folk eyes colder than black folk eyes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? At 32 degrees, all of it. <laughs> all of <that> it. <laughs> But growing up, you know, yeah. we we were taught and and not taught. It was just shown sure. to us that you know, if you white, you right. If you black, get back. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We're trying to dispel, and that's that that's the historical significance of yesterday. Right. Right. Outside the money, outside of the economics, that's the part that I guess for me drives me or hits me emotionally, like with what uh, Coach Deion Sanders was able to pull off and, and the rest of them did just hopefully hopefully this is just 
the first of many mm-hmm. that, okay, at 32 degrees, we can evaluate all the ice as the same. Now, which one do you want? Right. As opposed to coming into it with, oh, this ice is almost melting. <laughs> right. At HBCU because y'all don't have the facilities to keep right. it as cold. No doubt. No right? doubt. So we got both of us got cold, frozen ice. Mm-hmm. Now, which one do you want? Yeah. And whatever choice you make, that's your business. Yeah. But at least we you, you're starting out with the same opportunity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know as well as I do, it's certain cats coming from different situations. And it's certain cats that, like, this they ticket. Cats in mm. the world don't like to say that. And, oh, is it? No, but this they ticket. Like, right. this the gift they've been blessed with, and they could possibly change generations to come with it. And so looking at it from both ends, and I wonder, like, does that matter or doesn't it? But with the NIL, right. now, I see what I see what you yeah, what you're getting that's at. It. It's, 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 you're getting it on the front end now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's it, it level again, it levels the playing field so that um you can make just the choice of your heart. Right. Right? Not the choice of obligation. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So even with that, to me, it almost guarantees that you're gonna get a better product of of a student athlete mm-hmm. because you know you've been you've been in you know at at UT where some cats are there because it's a it's a way out. No question, right? No question. Now at least it it'll be more of a percentage of cats are here because this is where I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. So you're gonna get a better performance on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get a better performance in the classroom. Yeah. They're going to get more out of it because yeah. we've removed the notion of I'm doing this for a means to an end. Yeah. All right, you already got the end. You got what you, you know, what you're here for, a few dollars. Cool. Mm-hmm. Right? In fact, when I say a few dollars, enough dollars that if you play it right, you yeah. can set up generations. Absolutely. Now, back to what is you going to do? Right. Right? So all of this, I love it because... It removes a lot of uh, excuses, a lot of reasons mm-hmm. to to be less than your best. And now your character got to come forth. Yeah, your talent got to come forth. Your work ethic got to come forth. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll begin to separate uh, from the cats who just here because they want to be here. I mean, because they feel like they need to be here. This is an opportunity to get to the NFL. And cats who really love ball. Yeah, right. Like for real. For yeah, real. for real. For real. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, man, just seeing the perspectives of people, man, and how they talk about it. Like that's why it's it's funny. And and then you you know, a lot of it sometimes the dog whistles. Like, yeah. you know, the dog whistle being they're saying something, but they're really meaning it's, something else. Yeah, that's what <laughs> that's what that's what I'm saying. And and for me, you know, yeah, I, that's what that's that's exactly my what ears dig for a reason. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can hear a dog that's what I'm saying. You know, exactly. but at the end of the day, for those for those young cats who who really are about the business of of being a first or second yeah. person in their their family to go to college. Right. You know, where it's something bigger than and other than the athletics. Right. You know, and for me, that's what it was. Right. I love football. Yeah. Went to football on, I mean, went to college on a football scholarship. Right. But I graduated with a math scholarship. Mm-hmm. That, that carried me through. Yeah. Because what was bigger than football was the, the price that I had to pay 
for the sacrifices that my parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, uncles, and aunties made for me. That was way bigger than football. No question. So did you have aspirations for to the league? To, to the league? Yeah. I guess in a, in a faint sense, like, yeah. you know, you ask a kid what you want to do. I want to play football. I want right. to go to the NBA. Yeah. In that faint sense. But as, you know, you get older, you begin to realize, you know, I'm 5'11". I'm not about to really be a quarterback, and I didn't want to play anything else up except quarterback at that right. time. I wasn't the fastest kid. So, you know, I began to see the limitations yeah. Which was cool. But right. it wasn't like in my heart of hearts to play in in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It was in my heart of hearts to make Animal Mitchell proud. No question. To make Lucy Lee Couch proud. Right. You know what I'm saying? For yeah. them to be able to say, that's my grandbaby mm-hmm. with that college degree. Oh, yeah, he's up there in Atlanta. He's doing, he graduated. He's doing this, that, and the other. That means more to me than any check that um, somebody else can give me. No question. So I'm what, the maker and the baker of the piece of my pie. So what what do we say, though, Oak? Because, like, the same way, like, you're gifted as an educator, yeah, right? Yeah. Certain cats are like that as engineers. Mm-hmm. Certain cats are like that as artists. Why in our community, when a cat play ball, let's say if it's some of these cats' gifts and talents and ability, now they can go beyond that, of course. But what do we say to the people that say to them, like, uh, nah, man, you more than that. And you are. We know that, right? I got We you. both know cats that play ball and they've changed generations in their families. Mm-hmm. And they've gotten degrees and they've went in business. LeBron James, proof. Right. You know what I'm saying? But we live in society to where, oh, athlete, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is that? I, I would say it is uh, a few things. I think it's because most people can't do it. Right. They look at it as a privilege. Mm-hmm. That you have, yeah. right? Because you said, okay, I have the gift of teaching. Right. Most cats believe they can teach, though. Mm. Most cats believe they can go into a classroom and teach, yeah. like I can. Yeah. You don't lost your money. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, you know right. what I'm That's like, like you can see it though. Like if a cat walked into a classroom and see you getting down, cat gonna know like that's something different, like. He he got that. That's right. it. But they have to see it first. I'm saying on the front end, the perception. Yeah. So the narrative is just like with Steph Curry and let's say a LeBron James, mm-hmm. right? Cats look at LeBron James like I can't do that. I'm not six nine and, and two sixty. Yeah. Cats look at Steph Curry and like you shooting the basketball. I've been shooting the basketball since I was five. Yeah. You just shoot it at a different level. But if I tried, that I can do that. <laughs> but a cat. Know that if he tried, he can't be six uh, eight. He can't right. be six nine. He can't go dunk a basketball, t- touch the back, of, the top of the rim. Right, right. Yeah. So in their head, it's like if they feel like they can do it, yeah. Then it kind of gets, it gets diminished, or or not necessarily diminished. It gets normalized. Yeah. Right. So if they're looking at you mm-hmm. and you like, I'm, I want to be an athlete. I want to be an NFL football player. Yeah. And you got the talent to be. Right. But you don't look like you look like the regular cat. Yeah. So they're gonna be like, oh, okay, that's the, you know what else you want to do? Yeah. Cool. So for me, the conversation I would have with the person who say, what else you want to do? You just want to be a ball player, mm-hmm. right? I would say, are you saying just want to be a ball player like doing something else, or are you saying just want to be a ball player as opposed to having a character, a level of character that is unprecedented? Right. Like, are you going to be just be a ball player or are you going to be a ball player with character? Right. 
Yeah. That's how I would change the narrative. Yeah. Because, yes, that it's diminished. We we know that's the narrative that yeah. being a ball player, um, outside of, yeah, you get to make all of this money, but let's say you don't. Right. You get hurt or whatever, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Then you you fall back like the rest of us. Right. No. Right. Everybody got an opportunity to have excellent character. Absolutely. Absolutely. See, that's that's I'm I'm gonna keep beating this drum till I can't beat it no more. Yeah. And not saying I have it. I know I don't have it. Yeah. Of excellent character. I know I'm pressing for it. Right. Right. But that's something that is attainable for everyone. Everybody can't shoot like Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. No matter how much you think you can. <laughs> right? <clears throat> Yeah. Because, see, we all know we can't, you know, bully nobody like Shaq. No one's 7 one, 320. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? But in terms of when we see that we can, something that we can identify with, we, we take it as, oh, I can do that. Mm-hmm. No, no, you can't. Right. Because you ain't got the work ethic. No question. No question. Yep. But then once you get the work ethic, then whatever your particular gift is mm-hmm. will manifest. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. so that's that's just the way I think I I would change the narrative about it yeah. about being just you just being an uh, athlete. Yeah, man, that that's something that it bothers me, man. Like it drives me crazy, right? Because I'm like, of course you know you more than that. Mm-hmm. Of course, like that's the obvious. But yeah. I feel like a lot of cats' dreams get killed or diminished because cats look at it with whatever perspective they look at it with. Like I tell a cat in a minute, like. If you feel like you could do it, go for it. Right. Right? If it doesn't work out, cool. Let's reassess, readjust. Because what I don't want to happen is you you sit back one day and you got the woulda, shoulda, coulda. Man, what if I, mm-hmm. man, wh- what if I would have did this? What if man, I went at it this way? Regret. The price of regret is far heavier than the price of discipline yeah. every day of the week. So be disciplined and go at it. If it doesn't work out, cool. I can wash my hands with it. God, what's next? Let's go. Let's turn the page in the book. Let's turn the chapter. Let's get busy. But when a cat come to a kid and say, oh, man, you don't need to be trying to, says who? What if that's the gift that's going to change their mother's life? Cool. You do it. You play ball. Let's go into business. Whatever you want to go into, go do it. But cats drive me crazy, man, when they diminish these young cats and tell them, oh, man, that ain't, that ain't. No, it is. So it's it's like if somebody says, oh. you know, ask a young cat what you want to be. You say, I want to be uh, the attorney general right. for the state of Georgia. Right. That's all? Mm. That's what I'm going to say. Right. Yeah. I want to be a three-time Super Bowl champion. Mm-hmm. That's all? Yeah. Because technically speaking, that may or may not happen. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm saying that's all, now let's think about the things that you have absolute control over. Right. Yeah. Right. So, again, I want to shift the narrative from, because we, we're just placing value on these certain occupations right. and these certain occupations. Right. I'm, I want to remove all of that, that validation stuff right. and, and bring it back centered to what type cat you are. Mm-hmm. Who is you anyway? Yes, sir. Right? It's not what you want to be when you grow up. Mm-hmm. It's who you want to be when you grow up. Yeah. It's not what you be, it's who you want to be. Yep. So we can now kind of begin to dispel the notions of value and placing value because, oh, 
you know, even if, even if it's something like from the societal standpoint of prestige of a position or from the societal standpoint of the prestige of how much you get paid. Right. So? Right. Nobody care yeah. nothing about that. Right, right, right. What type cat you are? Yeah. What, who who, who are is you, man? man? Come on, man. Absolutely. Young lady, who are you? Like I tell cats all the time, your character is more important than your credentials. Who you are is just as important as what you know. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's just like we're teaching. Cats in society look at teaching a certain way. I done heard cats in the conversation, oh, he, he just a teacher or she just a teacher. Like, she just, she just a teacher. <laughs> she just a teacher. If she yeah. was just, she just a teacher, why you send your kids to them every single day? If right. she just a teacher, right? The perspective about, I look at a teacher like a superhero. You know what I'm saying? Like every single day, really coming in, shaping, cultivating the minds and the dreams and the aspirations of young folks. Everybody can't do that. While having their own lives. While having their own lives, own problems, own situations, yes. and still strapping it up every single day right. and coming in there and giving it to young kids. Man, everybody can't do that. Like imagine you being a parent yep. and your child is just buck wild off the chain mm-hmm. as a parent, but then you still got to go and pour into somebody else's children. Mm. Yeah, that's some superhero type stuff. Bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll, you know, I was just telling some teachers this morning, uh, my colleagues, I, I don't call them teachers because, you know, our positions, our titles are different, Right. but we are colleagues. No doubt. In this education field, right? So I was telling my colleagues this morning, man, you know, those folks who are in the classroom day in and day out, bruh, yeah. I liken it to you being on the front lines of a hospital Mm. You know, in the military, however, because psychologically, emotionally, and I'm seeing it, we're burning out. And so that's why I'm so big on this whole notion of grieving and this whole notion of emotional health. Yeah. Because if we don't address it, our teachers going to check out. Y'all going to be teaching y'all kids, yourself. Yeah. Because it was like, you know, when we was involved in the dialogue a few weeks back, it was like, man, when, when the pandemic happened... And we stepped up, did the virtual Google Classroom, whatever the case may be. Man, teachers are the best. Educators are the best. <laughs> hip, hip, hooray. Great job. They rescued us. Then when they get back into school, mm-hmm. something happens. Now you're getting blamed for everything. I just had a situation yesterday. Right? Just had a situation yesterday. And it, 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 I had to check. I had to check myself because it was about to go to the left. Yeah. Because... A parent was coming at my colleagues in a, in a, in a not cool way, at, and I'm like, man, these these folks are, you know, these men and women are giving their all to your baby, yeah. And you're gonna come at them like that, no doubt. At at the very least, let's let's just chill and, and honor the fact that they're 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 trying to teach, they're trying to pour into, not trying, they are pouring into. Mm-hmm. We gotta honor that. We can't be dishonorable of that. You know, I that's when we talking about that anger. That's I haven't healed from it, so I, yeah, I'm yeah. in. I'm, as they say, God ain't through with me yet. That's, <laughs> that's one of them places God ain't through with me yet. Check so, this. Oh, this notion up? of a village. So back in the day, and still, you know, present day, people say it takes the village, right? And so one would say, back in the day, you come to a school, parent, teacher, community, in alignment. Mm-hmm. There was synergy there. So if a teacher, educator came home, administrator, anybody in the educational system, you call the school, they say, hey, man, check this out. This is what's going on with little Johnny, whatever, whatever. Cool, I got you. I trust you. Right. Right? Now, current day, it's looked at sometimes as if a teacher calls home or 
kid comes home, this is going on, this is going on. It's almost as if the educator, the administrator, the person in education doesn't even get the benefit of the doubt. Right. It's almost like you enemy of the state. That's my baby. Mm-hmm. Right? Have, have you seen a shift? I ain't putting a blanket over society, no, no. but just in terms of the perspective and the thought process from um, that standpoint. I, I've seen it from from the over the past two decades. I've seen it slowly but surely go more towards, um, you know, thinking they're protecting, parents thinking they're protecting their child, mm-hmm. right? By um, kind of accusing teachers or, or just showing their, their children that there is a, a division between two adults. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to get deep and smoky or, or go down the rabbit hole, but it's just as simple as, as adults, if we got a, a misunderstanding or need to get some clarity, this young person should never know about it. Yep. That's all it is. It, yep. it, the, the disagreement, because even in the village, mm-hmm. the, the elders and the adults didn't always see eye to eye. Right. But the children never saw it. Mm-hmm. They never saw the beef. Yeah. And then as adults, as mature adults who who working towards on some principles, right, and self-mastery, they were able to handle it like the adults. And by the time they got in front of the young folks, mm-hmm. one united front. No doubt. So think about it. Everybody that you talk to, you don't, you don't ever really hear an older person, like older than you, mm-hmm. my age and older, right. talk about um, their teachers being at odds with their parents. Mm-hmm. They always say, if I got a whipping at school, yeah. I'm gonna get a whipping at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So it what has been what was implanted and embedded in their minds was that the teacher and the parent was on one accord. Yeah. Whether that was true or not is irrelevant. Right. It's the experience of the child. Mm-hmm. So now the experience of the child is that the mom and the parents and the teachers are like this. Yeah. And you see this division right here. Mm-hmm. That's where the kids hide. Yep. That's where they get the opportunity to be less than their best. Mm. That's where they get the opportunity not to press for maturity. Mm-hmm. That's where spoilness happens. Yep. That's where coddling happens. Yep. Because whichever one is going to let me be my less self, mm-hmm. that's the way I'm going to go to. Mm. Because they see the division. Yeah. But once it becomes this right here, yep. you can't help but to follow suit. No doubt. Or you get this close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, man. Yeah. But, yeah, that's it, man. Yeah. I think the difference is it's just been more and more uh, uh, public divide between the adults. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm grateful, man, that um, my mom and my dad, they trusted you. They trusted yeah. my coaches yeah. um, just in terms of having my best interest at heart. You know what I'm saying? I think that impacted and affected my development as a young man to where even when I got to college, like, I would see cats complaining about, like, jock strap, not being picked up, mm-hmm. smoothies, cleats. And I'm like, bro, you, like, you want to see all the stuff we got? Are you still not grateful? You still, it's still not enough? You still don't appreciate it? But also to the fact to where when I first got there and I'm trying to learn the playbook and I'm messing, I'm busting plays, cat yell out, Ink, man, you better get that right, boy. We're going to send your butt back to Clark Atlanta. You keep busting play, right? Yeah. I laugh. I'm talking hard. <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm talking deep belly laugh at him. 
And he was looking at me like, not nah, it wasn't Coach Fuller, it was a position coach. He laughing at me and looking at me like, that, oh, that didn't affect you, huh? I'm like, man, that's like the water on the back of a duck, man. That just rolled right off me. Because oh, I wasn't man, raised that way, man. Yeah, I remember them, after them basketball you know games, man, when Come I do some put y'all in that explore and we ride around listening to uh, Outcast for for about 30 minutes and yeah, then I get man. through cussing and fucking with y'all. <laughs> Then drop y'all off. I'm not y'all. Yeah. Go I'm gonna take y'all home. Yeah, yeah. Cats needed it. Yeah, it was necessary. But that—that's what you were saying about those cats, man. What I—I I call that the poison of privilege. The poison of privilege. Mm. Because Elaborate you, got that, on that. you got that expectation. You got an expectation, and when the expectation isn't met. Right, you feel some kind of way. You become less than your best when that expectation isn't met. You're angry, mm-hmm. like you expect to be coddled. Yeah, right. That's the privilege. You expect privilege. something to be hap- to happen for you, and then when it doesn't, you don't know how to respond. Mm. That's the poison. Yeah, the poison. The of poison privilege. of privilege, bro. Yeah, and 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 parents, us, loved ones, we sometimes be the you know the main culprits of pouring. Pouring that poison. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want my baby to feel this kind of way. Mm-hmm. I want my baby to have the best clothes. Yeah. Man, Isaiah, my oldest son, he was talking to his friend. They were leaving the house the other day. I, you know, Isaiah work now. No doubt. So he he fresh with the J's. Yeah. And his 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 uh his homeboy was like, oh, Isaiah, why you getting all the J's? You know you grew up with them. Isaiah was like, Dad, Pops, did yeah. you buy us some J's? I was like, I didn't even buy you tennis shoes. Yeah. You had to figure out how to get <laughs> no, down, no down. Yeah. I had the money. No question. We had the money. No we, question. You know, no we question. Yeah. You know, we weren't really hurting for no nothing. No question. But I bet you I wasn't spending on no shoes. No doubt. No doubt. Man, their grandmama got them TVs year after year for Christmas. Yeah. Never had a TV in their room. Yeah. I take yeah. the TV out, put it in the truck, and give them the box. Yeah. Right? And I'm saying, like, not, Jay don't got a TV in their room. To right, this I'm day not either. saying that to brag right. or whatnot, but right. I was intentional about not giving them the poison of privilege. Mm. Yeah, right. The joys of privilege mm-hmm. is the privilege that your ancestors, your forefathers, sacrificed for you. Yes, so sir. you got the privilege to be here right now. You exist. That's the joys of privilege. Mm-hmm. The poison of privilege is the expectation that somebody owes you something. Mm. Man, y'all better go. Yeah, somewhere. talk to these folks. <laughs> That somebody owe you something, man. Don't nobody owe you a thing. You ever seen that picture that says, here's a list of everything you're entitled to? And it's blank. <laughs> right. I've never seen it, but that's right. It's a list of everything you're entitled to. to. Yeah. And it's blank. Yeah. Like, man, you got to get up. The greatest piece of advice I ever got from my father, Inc., every single day, no matter what you do, no matter what you accomplish, son, no matter what, every single day, you prove how great you are in yeah. everything you do. That's the yeah. greatest piece of advice that I got from my father. And that was after four touchdown games. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling you, I'm walking around like, these boys were four. My mama wasn't worried about it. She went, oh, that was cool, that was cute. But Monday morning, get out of this car, and you go your butt back to work. My right. dad, like, Mm-mm, man, you don't understand. It's a different world out here. Every single day, you yeah. prove how great you are. And when I got that embedded in my spirit, in my mind, 
in everything I do, oh, it's something on the inside of me. The other day when that happened at that gig, mm-hmm. right, and my man passed out. Yeah. I done been in engagements when a person's slide didn't work. And I'm the next speaker up. My man's slide didn't work. And my man tell the people, come here. They come out and say, hey, everything cool? No, my slide ain't work. I'm done. They're like, you can't go without the... Like, nah, my slide don't work. I'm done. That's y'all issue. Mm-hmm. And they look back like, ain't you good? I'm like, let's go. Right. Let's Other day, it. my man pass out. They come out on stage. They like, uh, we're going to send everybody out for a break. Let you get this. I'm like, nah, we tight work. Let's go. Mm-hmm. They're like, you sure? Yeah. I'm like, absolutely. We finna roll. Regular schedule program. Let's do it. We do it. Goes well. Reg- got a standing ovation. I'm like, man, I love what I do. Right. It ain't nothing that I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm privileged to do that I'm going to show up. You'll never have to worry about me showing up and excuse my language, half-assing anything. I don't live in that space, dog. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. do that. I don't show up that way. Like, I don't, I don't do nothing half-ass ever. If you beat me, you I'll give you your props, me. right? Because right? you're going to have to be a hell of a, <laughs> a, hell of a man. Because, right. boy, I'm going to bring it to your front door every single time because I feel like I'm privileged to do whatever it is that I'm doing. Right. Not right. that you I'm privileged to, in a way to. to where you owe me something. No, I get to do this. Yeah. Right? Not that I got to do it. Right. So I got you, man. Let's roll into this rapid fire. First one I got for you, Oak, is learning. Uh, Learning. I think uh, when I when I hear continuous, mm-hmm. um, mistakes, mistakes, heartache, heartache, um, failing, failing, right, um, opposition, mm. hurdles, um, obstacles. Yeah. On the backside of that is learning, right? Um, we call it um, in teaching math. What was the find when you're teaching a a, a person some uh, you know a math concept? When you find the point of misconception is when learning starts. That's good, right? So you go on, you think you know, you got it, you got it, and then when you get to that crossroad of, oh, I thought a plus b equals d, but no, a plus then you say no, a plus b equals c, and here's why, or you mm-hmm. tell me why. Why did you think a plus b equals D. What was your thinking? What was your thought process, right? Then once they, you know, they're going to reveal to you their point of misconception. Mm -hmm. Ah, it's real easy now. Yeah. Right? That's what, that's, that's learning. So with anything, um, you, you grow when you press yourself and get to a point of misconception. Yeah. Which is, which is why, you know, for me, teaching a class, I'm, or with a group of anyone, I'm trying to get what is your conception of a thing mm-hmm. that I'm trying to teach, right? Yeah. What's your conception of it? And then let me find your misconception of it. Gotcha. Then once I find the misconception of it, then you can you can correct yourself. I'm not doing the teaching. You're doing the teaching now. Yeah. I just put you in front of it so you can see, oh, it's A instead of B. Mm-hmm. That's you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, disappointment. Necessary. Um... Because I feel like if you don't go throughout life with any disappointment, even though it doesn't feel good, I think it's necessary because it makes you appreciate 
<laughs> divine appointment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Death. Transition. Just the point of transition. The point of transition from the physical experience to a wholehearted spiritual experience. It's, um, you know, the thing about as we started out this conversation, this podcast, what makes, you know, I, I've, as I said, I have, I've had five of my former athletes that slash students slash mentees to mm-hmm. be murdered. Yeah. So that's the hardest one because it's not natural. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, my, my, my pops passed suddenly, woke up, boom, heart failure, 4.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. But that's still natural. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Grandma, granddad, and um, whatever, had some ailments and this, that, and the third, eased into the night, transitioned. Yeah. I'm, I'm having to uh, now just process and, and wrap my mind around when when the death or when the transition isn't natural. Mm-hmm. I know it's divine. I know it's divine order. Right. And that may sound crazy because, you know, God don't make no mistakes. No question. But I, I haven't gotten to a place where I can fully understand murdering willfully. Yeah. I understand on the mistake. Yeah. I understand you looking over here and boom, you might have made a mistake and somebody loses their life as a result. Yeah. But that murder joint is heavy on me right now. So, you know, but um, but death in and of itself, y'all, is is it's the transition. It's the transition from the the limitations of the physical mm-hmm. to to being in the spiritual realm where freedom, the ultimate freedom is there. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Um I'm going to leave it with that one, man. I'm going to leave yeah. it with that one with, um, you know, again, shout out yeah. to the families. Um, I just want to honor, man. Let, and just give me a second, man. I just want to talk about man. Nakeem. Uh, he was uh, he was our middle linebacker. He was our fullback. But he was our heart of our team, yeah. the first championship team, man. And, and very quiet. Didn't say a whole lot. Meant business. No question. Even at 14, meant real deal business. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And um, he had a hit. On on we played young middle school for the championship, uh, for the city championship. He had a hit on one of their best players, kind of knocked him out for a couple plays, and that set the tone. And that I think that set the tone for all the rest of the kids, uh, for us to go on. And you know it was a tight game, both teams kind of evenly matched, but he was the difference. Yeah. But it wasn't he was the difference that day on the field. He was the difference. You know I was the the assistant principal alone. So I got a chance to really see all the kids, mm-hmm. especially the eighth graders. I was the eighth grade assistant principal. He was the difference in the hallway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He could walk down the hallway. He wouldn't say a whole lot. He'll laugh and kind of, it wasn't even joke, but he'll laugh with the kids, you know, his colleagues and whatnot. But there was a, a level of reverence and respect that they all had for him. Yeah. Right? And I, I haven't been over, because this happened so so suddenly or just recently, I haven't been over in in the, Cleveland Avenue uh, area yet, but I know it's gonna hit him. I know it's hitting him hard because he was that dude. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He was that dude, and finally, like we have, uh, he played fullback, and uh, we run an offense sort of like Gus Malzahn, hmm. power, but from a spread situation. You know, like with Cam Durant and Auburn and this, that, and the other. Yeah. But that up back, 
that 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 H back or fullback or whatever you want to call it, we call it the Poppy position. Yeah. His nickname is Poppy. That's Poppy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we before all of you know all of this went down, we honored. That's how good he was. Mm. It was like who gonna play? That's the first question when we come out in the spring. We looking for the Poppy position. Yeah. We get not quarterback, not tailback. Right. Who gonna play the Poppy position? Everything else centers around that for our yeah. offense. Mm. You know. We we definitely we've had some good ones on offense. We we have never had one as good of a linebacker as good as he was. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I know I'm talking from a football standpoint, but I'm really talking bigger than football Good because down. his effect and the way he affected uh, just the culture at the school. Mm-hmm. Man, he made my life. He made my job easy. Hmm. Hey, Poppy, yeah. go check. Go down there and check him out for me. Straighten it. Straighten it out for me. Yeah. You know he'd be like, Coach. They were wilding, then I had to go. But most times now, you're like, I got a coach. Mm. So, you know, just, just you know, I just wanted to honor and have a few words. No uh, doubt. Mm. For, for, for Nakeem Smith, man. No question. There you have it. Greatly appreciate your time, your ear, your support. Peace. Peace.